So, welcome back to another episode of the Sinister, Strange, and Suspicious. Episode four. Yes, we're getting there. I'm Elon. I'm Casey. And we are going down a rabbit hole of cryptids today. I'm excited for this. This is fun. I'm always excited, but... This is true. (laughs) Who doesn't love waking up early on a Saturday, getting coffee, and spending time with a cool friend talking about creatures that (laughs) may or may not exist? Yes. So, every region, I guess has their own folklore Mm -hmm. and it's kind of remarkable how that can even get broken down into smaller regions like the state that you live in like like I grew up in kind of western part of Michigan Mm -hmm. and you're you grew up here, right? No, I grew up um, in central Michigan, so Lansing. And then we moved to southwestern Michigan when I was in middle school. Okay, so a couple of different regions Mm -hmm. there. But same state. But the same state. (laughs) And um, we both kind of heard of different cryptids as children, right? Mm -hmm. What was the one that scared the shit out of you? (laughs) This one... Okay, this one is like a cultural thing, but um, I grew up hearing about El Coco or the Kukui. The Kukui. Yes. So mythical kind of ghost monster. Um, Basically the boogeyman. You kind of tell your kids, hey, if you don't go to sleep, El Kukui is going to come get you or El Coco is going to come get you. Um, and goes to the extent of my older cousins making scary noises outside my window um, and saying, see, there he is, there he is. He's coming to get you. He knows you're not in bed. That is fantastic. <laughs> um, basically, the the Coco is the male version and the Kakui is the female version, right is from what I understand. Right like, on. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, it was, I think, I, no one actually ever described it to me or anything in any great detail. It was just like, oh, it knows you're awake. It's going to come get you. <laughs> That's funny. So kind of your imagination just filled in the blank. Exactly. It's probably made it 20 times more terrifying. Yep. So shout out to my older cousins for scaring the crap out of me and making me stay in bed. <laughs> that is hilarious. I actually think that I might try that on William and Holden. <laughs> William is on a major bedtime story kick right now, mm-hmm. and so I think tonight we are going to tell the story of the Kukui. I love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I grew up in Allegan, which is like the tiniest little West Michigan town. It's like half an hour from the shores of Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. Like little community. It's surrounded by a lot of forest. The Allegan State Game Area is this huge area where, like, bodies have been dumped. Oh, it's wow. It's kind of a lot of history that I'm sure has been embellished by each generation of mm-hmm. teenagers. Um, <laughs> and in high school, it was really popular to go out into the Allegan Forest and go two-tracking. And it was also really fun to tell, like, the local ghost stories. So 
there was the Yellow Motel, which we always would go out to, which was a place that Al Capone did business. Oh, yeah. And now... It used to be, like, there was the tennis court and, like, part of the building, but then it burnt down and they bulldozed everything. So Mm -hmm. you can sort of find the tennis court, but it's not nearly as cool as it used to be. But we would go out there and you go down this, like, literal two-track for, like, a half a mile into the woods (laughs) to find this place. And you'd go and it'd be darker than shit and you're all just trying to scare each other. And one of the scariest things that I ever heard about at the Elegant Motel was the Melonheads of Allegan County. Oh my gosh. So these Melonheads are these mutant freak people who have giant heads and allegedly roam various dark forests of the Midwest. Um, Some say they still exist even to this day. it's believed that this kind of originated in the woods of Sagatok, um, which again is that kind of elegant state game area. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this family that had a bunch of babies with big heads, <laughs> like what? like giant heads, and the children were sent to the old junction insane asylum. Oh, and wow. this scary-ass mad scientist would perform twisted experiments on them and would put, like, weird goo in their brains no! and torture them oh. just for the fun of it. And or hydrocephalic babies. I know. So then eventually, allegedly, word spreads about this, and then the asylum was closed down, and the kids, like somehow escaped <laughs> released into the woods they just like fled into the woods oh and God. never rejoined society and so wow. the rumor mill has it that they live in the woods and they are cannibals basically <laughs> oh elegant oh elegant <laughs> what's the, so my best buddy neil shout out neil <laughs> i know you're not listening because you don't like this type of stuff but um, <laughs> he always says that's meffed up <laughs> so that's wonderful yes oh i like neil that's great yeah, you would love neil he is a hoot so all right so what are you going to talk to me about today all right so my cryptid of choice for today is the goat man of bowie maryland Oh, goat man. Yeah. So this one, okay, I first learned about this one in a Reddit thread last year. I'd never heard of it before then. All right. I uh, <laughs> I actually learned of goat man from listening to an episode of Sinisterhood podcast. Shout out to those ladies. Yeah, they are literally our favorite. If they ever listen to this podcast, <laughs> I could die happy. Yep, easily. Um, so the goat man of Bowie, Maryland is a creature thought to be half goat and half man that terrorizes citizens with an axe. Yes. And as is the case with most urban legends, there are different versions of the tale. So the most common version goes that the goat man was created by Stephen Fletcher, who is a scientist at Beltsville Agricultural Research Center. Uh, he was conducting an experiment on the DNA of his assistant and a goat when something went 
terribly wrong, resulting in the creation of a homicidal hybrid creature a la the fly. (laughs) (laughs) The goat man escaped and roams the back roads around Beltsville. The tale is so well known and gets so much publicity that the facility, like the actual research facility, <laughs> went on record. They they had someone create the statement denying anything of the sort has ever occurred on their property. That is hilarious. But that would be just what the goat man would want. But you know, you know, okay, so I'm in the storm, the Area 51. Oh, yeah, yeah, me too. And <laughs> the one thing that I have learned from that group is that... There are spies everywhere, man. And they they will tell you things like this to just throw you off of the scent of what is really going on. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So. Um, so, oh, yeah. And the other version I heard of Goatman's origin is that he was a lonely goat herd who went freaking ballistic when he found his goats dead due to teenagers poisoning them. They were hurt. So, he wears the legs of his favorite goat as trousers. Well. Giving the impression that he is half goat from the waist down. That does not seem (laughs) practical. No, and messy and hot. And also, I feel like goat legs are significantly smaller than man legs. So, is it like... Multiple goats? Are they like shin guards? (laughs) (laughs) goat meat pants um, anyway um and he now runs around beltsville taking his revenge on unsuspecting teens as one does as one is one when do. they poison your goat herd that's right Goatman is usually seen along fletchertown road which is just outside the city of bowie in central maryland he's also been known to show up and scare teenagers at lover's lane they're out there necking and attack their vehicles with his axe. Hmm. So this one, this has been a really long, long-running urban legend that has kind of, it's gone in spurts where it'll be a few mentions and then someone will have a really big notable sighting, a few more mentions, and then something violent happens. I really enjoyed researching this one. So in 1957, eyewitnesses first reported seeing the goat man in the woods near Bowie. In the years following, Goatman sightings increased in a major way. Many people reporting seeing a creature that was about six feet tall, walked on two feet, and was hairy. It was also noted that it made a high-pitched sound like a squeal, or goat noises, if you will. It wasn't until the 60s that the first violent encounter would occur. The story goes that a young couple went to Fletchertown Road and heard something in the woods. The young man got out of his car to investigate. <sighs> Mm. Yeah. So, <laughs> you never get out of your car to investigate. Absolutely not. You hear something weird, you leave. That's it. You don't You don't get out and investigate. Especially if you are a virgin. Oh, my God. Or a minority. Mm-hmm. If you're a woman. That's it. Something bad will happen yeah, to you. Yeah, it's not. Don't get out. <laughs> so, the guy gets out of the car to go investigate and never returns. It sounds like from this version, um, th- this version of this story, I was under the impression that the girl was scared and just stayed in the car. So after they didn't come back from their date, the girl's family, the guy's family called the police. Mm-hmm. And the investi- investigators came out. When they arrived, 
They found a young man's severed head hanging in a tree above where the car had been parked. So the version that I have heard of this story Mm -hmm. is that the girl is in the car waiting and she keeps hearing a tapping. Oh, God. (gasps) And it's above. Oh, no. Yeah. And it's him, like his body hitting or blood dropping. Blood dripping from the head, maybe. Oh, gosh. That's gross. Yeah. Um, in In any of the versions, the guy's body's never found. And then the next violent occurrence took place in 1962. The goat man was accused of killing 14 people. Whoa. Yeah, he was busy. Uh, 12 children and their two chaperones. Ooh. The group was hiking near Goatman's lair. I don't know if this was like a scouting troop or what exactly the deal was. So when we get podcast famous, we mm-hmm. definitely need to start a bar called the Goatman's Lair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it was said that the goat man hacked the victims to pieces with the axe, making noises only the devil himself could make. Hmm. When the police arrived, they found half-eaten limbs and a bloody trail leading to a cave. Nice. And that cave is, I guess, just the goat man's lair. It's his house. It's where he hangs out. I mean, I don't know. So this has been a couple decades of this urban legend and just kind of working its way through all the kids, all the middle schoolers, all the high schoolers, and then eventually adults. Um, so next, Goatman's first media mention was by journalist Karen Hosler in Bowie's newspaper, Prince George County News. The article focuses on the Edwards family, whose dog Ginger had gone missing. After searching for days and days, Ginger was found on Fletchertown Road by three teenage boys. She had been decapitated. The article connected the dismemberment to the Goatman legend, reporting a group of 16-year-old girls, which, fun fact, included the journalist's daughter, heard strange noises and saw a large animal-like creature that walked on its hind legs the night the ginger went missing. So the Goatman sightings kind of petered out after the 80s, but the legend lives on through every Maryland teenager that sits around telling scary stories to their friends. Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> Can you just imagine seeing some crazed goat maniac coming at you? With an with axe. With an axe. Right. And squealing, making goat noises. <clears throat> yeah. I really... I would like to know what sounds only a devil could make. I know. And I'm like high pitched squealing. I know that that does I picture a like a pig or like a gay yes, pig. Like, like screaming. A gay pig screaming. Yes, that was my thought too. And I've the only I've never heard a goat make well, no no no. I've heard of goats make high pitched noises before, but not like screeching. Yeah. It's like a higher pitched bah kind of noise. <laughs> I'm going to choose to imagine it's like the guinea pig noise because that will it's lend a cute an noise. air of humor at least. It will. It will. The beep, beep, beep. Like, <laughs> I'm, into, I'm into these noises. This I is like fun. It's... I like this one. All right. So your cryptid of the day. So I chose El Chupacabra. Yes. Which translated means the goat sucker. Correct. So, El Chupacabra is like the Justin Bieber of cryptids. <laughs> like, he's the younger cryptid on the block, mm-hmm. kind of newer in um, origination. Right. But rose to fame very quickly mm-hmm. and spread like wildfire. 
So today we're going to mostly talk about the Chilean chupacabra. Oh, okay. But this, this particular chupacabra story does share a lot of similarities with like the Puerto Rican version, mm-hmm. but not very similar with what we've learned in America to be right. the chupacabra. So our story begins in 1995. I don't know if you remember 95 at all. I do because my two of my brothers were born in 95. It was a magical time. It was. Um, you know, there was lots of neon colors, mm-hmm. fanny packs. Oh, man. Um, Acid wash jeans. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, in, at some point in 1995, farmers in Kalama, Chile, awoke to find their goats and sheep slaughtered in their pens. Mm. An unidentified creature had mutilated the animals' necks and apparently had drained them of their blood, but ate no flesh. Soon, television crews would arrive, and the news of Chile's first chupacabra attack was quickly spreading. What is a chupacabra, you ask? Well, apparently this beast is basically... A mix of a vampire, a furry lizard, and a freaking ninja. (laughs) It is one of the most common beasts studied in cryptozoology, which, if you don't know, that is the study of animals that may or may not actually exist. (laughs) How do I get that job? (laughs) Right? I want to do that. So, as a matter of fact, the chupacabra is the single most notable cryptozoological phenomenon of the past decade. No one has ever managed to catch the ninja-like chupacabra, but tons of eyewitnesses claim to have seen one. Of course they did. I mean, it's out there. Yeah. One witness described the animal as having a reptilian body, An oval head, bulging red eyes, fanged teeth, and a long, darting tongue. Oh, wow. This thing sounds delightful. (laughs) Honestly, I bet it's pretty cute, though, with the the giant head. Well, I I did send you the picture. Oh, yes, the sketch. The artistic rendering of a chupacabra that I found somewhere randomly online. And honestly, it is kind of cute. It is. Little bit. Kind of looks like a bug, but imagine if that was like four to five feet tall and a hundred pounds. True. Then that's kind of terrifying. You know what? It kind of reminds me. The face reminds me of like the creature of the Black Lagoon. Yes. Like the old school. Yeah. It's got the big eyes. <laughs> I'm just thinking like it's like a reptile dog thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what's going on there. Mm-hmm. So. <sighs> As recently as 1999, Brazil's Correio Brasiliense newspaper has reported eight goats and three sheep dying from single wounds to their necks. Mm. Some Brazilian eyewitnesses claim the animal may fly or leap with powerful monkey-like back legs. <laughs> this majestic as fuck creature 
attacks animals and humans both. Oh, and humans. Uh-huh. But okay. I could not find any, like, actual accounts of oh, the attacks, which is a bit of a bummer. Mm-hmm. So, this bizarre freak of nature... <laughs> would apparently kill various livestock just for the hell of it and then disappear. None of the animals were ever eaten, and the only obvious injuries any of them would have would be a bite wound to the neck, and all would be seemingly drained of their blood. There are zero pictures of the alleged animals that have attacked, However, there are dozens of photos available online of the creatures who have fallen victim to the chupacabra. All of these reports are from different far-flung regions, and all of the images bear strikingly similar resemblances. So, at one point after many attacks, farmers began to get uneasy. These attacks were dressed... Like they were drastically affecting their livelihood at this point. Oh, I'm sure. Um, so officials decided they better act swiftly so that people didn't start rioting or whatever. <laughs> and they called in the National Guard. So literally hundreds of armed soldiers descended on this desert town. Oh my God. And began a massive search of the area, which included night patrols. Sadly, they found nothing no chupacabras, no pumas, nada. No one knows what killed the Kalama livestock. Officially, these incidents have been listed as dog attacks. Last time I checked, dogs do not suck things dry. Right. No dogs that I know. Mm-hmm. No dogs I want to know. So, <laughs> at one point, after many of these attacks, um, in 2000, the Chilean Chupacabra Watchers... <laughs> Have remained. That's our band name. I just want you to know that. That's what we're that's what we're naming our band. Chupacabra watchers. Yeah. We bring him back the funk. Oh yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so in 2000, the Chilean Chupacabra watchers remain suspicious. They the Chilean newspapers printed accusations from Chilean UFOologists. Oh wow. People who actually study UFOs. Side note, who has this job and how do we get recruited? Seriously. Anyway, these UFO experts accused Chilean military officials of finding three chupacabra eggs somewhere. <laughs> And even catching one of the animals. Allegedly, these samples were then turned over to NASA. Chilean radio programs have even speculated that NASA created the chupacabra in a lab while conducting genetic tests in the Chilean desert on mandrills, which are somewhat similar to baboons, apparently. Hmm. Of course, NASA denies these allegations. (laughs) See, see, we are again with the cryptids being created from weird Mm. science experiments. Mm. Mad science was never a good hobby. No, never. Mm. (laughs) So there's this dude named Benjamin Radford. Mm -hmm. He fancies himself sort of a monster and paranormal phenomena expert. Oh, he's a specialist. He is like a managing editor of something called 
the skeptical inquirer. <laughs> and he's also a columnist for something called Live Science that I don't know anything about. But so he has released what he claims is definitive proof that El Chupacabra is not real, but it's not a hoax either. Okay. So he believes that it is instead a memory left over from a science fiction film. Wait, like, wait, so like, um, like mass, like, I, I'm so confused. So leftover memory of a science fiction film that a so we're decent talk- amount of people. Yeah, so we're going to go into it a little more in a okay. minute, kind of to explain like why he thinks that. All right, good. Because um, <laughs> this, so, I don't know. So, like we said, these stories of El Chupacabra surfaced in March of 1995. Mm-hmm. The newspapers printed various eyewitness descriptions, like we talked about earlier, of a bipedal creature that is between four and five feet tall that has spikes going down its back. It had long and thin arms and legs, an oblong head with red eyes. The creature would be reported throughout the Caribbean, Latin America, Mexico, and Florida. Hmm. Which is a pretty wide spread. That is area. very wide. This creature has been described similarly in multiple attacks throughout these regions. It shares a very strong resemblance to the alien human hybrid in the 1995 sci fi flick Species. Oh. Which, if you look at that picture that I sent you, yeah. it does. It, like, does. it has the spiky things. Uh-huh. So. When Radford interviewed one of the witnesses, he asked her if the thing that she had seen could have possibly been inspired by the movie. She actually agreed that indeed she'd watched that exact movie a few weeks before she made the report. Mm. Radford believes that the widespread sightings are attributed to the film's wide release. So, a farmer did claim to have caught a chupacabra once, Mm -hmm. but DNA evidence determined that that was a lie. It was, in fact, a coyote with mange. Right. So, it should be noted, also, that it would take at least a couple hundred, if not a few thousand chupacabras to keep a species alive. So, if these animals were actually five feet tall, weighed 100 pounds had monkey-ass legs, (laughs) hopping around, killing livestock for fun and drinking their blood, it stands to reason that we would have found one by now. Right. Um, So, you know, these creatures obviously are either a figment of our imagination or they are super invasive. Mm. <laughs> Radford though Radford believes the whole thing can be chalked up to confabulation which is a common scenario in which people begin to confuse reality and fiction hmm. so like it's like you have these memories of this creature right but your memory refuses to recall the fact that it was fake oh. you're remembering it as like I had a dream and I saw this or Mm -hmm. I'm walking late at night and you know I don't quite see what it is but my mind fills in the blanks that it's this creature right so it's not necessarily a hoax Mm -hmm. and you're not making it up 
it's just a weird psychological phenomenon. Interesting. I mean, we know that the human memory is very flawed. Yes. <clears throat> so that I I can that kind of le- that kind of lends credence to this one. I li- I like that idea. Yeah. I kind of I, I enjoyed researching this one. Mm-hmm. But now the most important question of the day. Mm-hmm. So we're in New York City. Mm-hmm. Giant chupacabra has attacked. <laughs> Giant goat man. Oh, comes to try to save the day. Okay, so we're doing a Godzilla and Mothra kind of deal. Who's here. gonna win? Man, because I mean, Goatman has an axe, but like the monkey legs on the monkey chupacabra. legs, forked, scary ass tongue, and he, teeth. Right, and he can suck the blood out of stuff. Yeah, he drinks blood. Oh. I'd imagine he's quite strong and powerful. Right. And I feel like the goat man, he doesn't have as much of a, I don't know, a zest for killing as I feel like the chupacabra. Yeah, was. the chupacabra, I bet, is like, it kind of savors. Yeah. Like, I'm going to sip on this blood. <laughs> I, I feel like chupacabra would win on that one. I kind of think so, too. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, like, reptilian, furry, ninja, monkey thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, over... Weird old man with goat legs. legs taped to himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which could just be goat knee pads. We don't know. We we don't know. If you, goat man, if you're out there, <laughs> drop us a line. Tell us. Tell us what we've gotten wrong. Yeah. Feel free. So give us a, give us a Facebook comment. Let us know. Yeah. And leave us a review on uh, iTunes. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. So that kind of wraps up our fun exploration of cryptids. Mm-hmm. I am I I know how we you know we all grew up with the Bigfoot and Nessie and just kind of the big the big ones. Yeah. It was kind of fun to dig into those that uh, that we may not know as much about. Yeah, I was de- I definitely learned some things today. Yeah, me too. So All right. That um wraps up this episode. Like I said a little bit ago, Goatman, rest of the listeners, um, people who are friends with us, who are actually obligated, please go on, give us a like and a subscribe, leave us reviews where you can, and share the love with your friends so we can get podcast famous and oh, take yeah. over the world. And let us know where you guys are. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd be interested in knowing that. Yeah, how'd you find us? Yeah, that too. <laughs> how did you end up in this particular rabbit hole? <laughs> And part of our weird little crew. All right. So thank you for listening. And we will see you all later. Bye. Bye.